0: you're listening to an artist interview from Chirp Radio, you can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.
1: I'm Jesse D. You are listening to Chirp Radio's artist interview series, and I'm here with Meredith, a.k.a. Worm Human. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind telling me a little bit about your music background and how you found yourself performing under the name Worm Human?
0: Oh, yeah. So I started as Worm Human. I, I think I put out my first. So I put out my first EP in 2018. You know, I was uh, regrettably a um, a victim of the the Twee Hipster Renaissance in twenty ten so I was in a ukulele clarinet band back then that we only played at one open mic that was that's now a mattress store but um <laughs> <laughs> so so that was a little bit of like a musical journey lo and behold, eventually, I got sober and I got really bored, and I bought this little MIDI controller and it came with like Ableton Light. That was what I did in sobriety. I just made music all the time. Eventually, I had like five songs, so I put it out as an EP. And I was debating between... These are like such like, <laughs> 2016 names, I feel like. But it was going to be either Warm Womb or Trash Human. Oh and-, <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, uh, you know, mixed it up. So I just made it Warm Human. I just took the warm from Warm Womb in human from trash human <laughs> and made, made warm human so there there it is
1: the Sledge pop trash princess self-descriptor mm-hmm. and i think that came about with ghastly your first release yeah and the bummer album was kind of similar in terms of production mm-hmm. but hometown hero which was just released finds you in more of a traditional singer-songwriter mode what do you think influenced this change
0: well, I feel like a trend that I've been noticing a little bit that happens is like with every album that I put out, it typically, um, I start writing because I get a new instrument, which is a very expensive <laughs> way way to to do music. But so Ghastly, I think I just bought a DX7. That's really heavily on there. And then with the Bummer album, I bought a Wurlitzer for very cheap on Craigslist it was the deal of the century I I bought a Wurlitzer and so that is really heavy uh, on the Bummer album there's like Whirly on on everything and then with this I was going through a breakup and I was having like a manic breakdown and it was the first time I had ever (laughs) This is so so embarrassing to admit. It was the first time that I I, I had gotten a credit card <laughs> um, because because I'm an alcoholic, so I don't trust myself with like money. But you know I've been in recovery for a while, so I was like I can handle a credit card. And so I got like that Southwest credit card, and I just walked into the Chicago Music Exchange, and I was like I want an American-made Telecaster, and I bought it, and. <laughs> have been paying it off ever since. And the guitar really, you know, kind of unexpectedly because I do not play guitar well at all, period. Really bad at it. Like I if I play a live show of this album, I cannot play the guitar that's on the album. But it did it opened something up for my songwriting where I felt like I wasn't limited to my knowledge of the piano or the keyboard or Ableton. Like I was I was experimenting and I think it just kind of cracked something open in me where I was just having more fun because I wasn't expecting first of all I was also like maniacally depressed but also (laughs) um you know I wasn't really expecting anything because I was like well I suck at guitar so like this can't possibly be good and then to me I'm like oh it ended up being better than anything I've ever written (laughs) So, so it's funny how that works but the, that's the weird way of, of going about how how it came about it, it really feels like it came from from the instrument
1: that's so fascinating so what was it like to write and learn guitar over the course of a month while recording <laughs> hometown
0: hero I think it really kept me like feet on the ground I really was not I was not doing well and it it felt like a very safe space it felt like you know, it just felt like I was like coming home because my studio at home. So it just felt like I was like coming home and having like an Italian funeral every day where I just got to like wail and scream and like and get it all out. And and so honestly, I'm like, I don't remember a lot of it, but I do remember that I just kind of said yes to every single thing that I came up with. I was just like, yep, great. Yep, great. And that was so it was just so liberating. And maybe that's because I didn't have the like capacity to be like nervous or like comparative as an artist. I can get so bogged down with like, well, this doesn't sound like what other artists are making or this doesn't sound like this one artist that I've been listening to like on repeat lately, you know, and I just didn't have any of that. I was just like, we're going for it. We're wailing.
1: Yeah. And while I'm sure that was not a fun process while you were in it, like you said, it was liberating and opens yeah. you up to this whole new creative
0: process yeah and I think it was genuinely at the, like now I'm like oh it was I would go back there in a second um but, <laughs> but but if you asked me at the time I was like no one has felt worse pain <laughs> like, you know, nobody knows my struggle but like it's a really beautiful thing to have art in those times and it's a really beautiful place to create art from and of course, right now, as I'm like r- trying to work on a new record, I'm like, oh, how can I manifest just like deep despair <laughs> 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 to, to make this to make this album good? But I'm trying to figure out how to write work where I don't need to be, you know, teetering on the edge of um, on the fringes of, of my own sanity to see if it is effective. What do you want from me? I don't think I can offer you anything You can't give yourself what you want from me I don't think I can offer you anything You can't give yourself
1: So your songwriting tends to be kind of ripped from the pages of your diary, but there are a lot of synthesizers and overdub layers on your vocals. Mm -hmm. Why this stylistic choice?
0: Well, I think it's changed a little bit. I think initially I didn't trust my voice enough to have it be alone. And as I kept going, I started getting more comfortable. But initially it was sort of like the layering of the vocals was like a security blanket for me. You know, where I was like, oh, nobody can really hear what I'm singing (laughs) or like how I'm singing. But as I've gone on, you know, I think especially with the layered vocals, I was the biggest choir nerd in the world. Like my choir, we went to Germany in high school and sang uh, Handel's entire Messiah for his birthday in his birth city for an event called Happy Birthday Handel," It wow. was the dorkiest thing in the world, <laughs> but I never felt more alive. Like I loved it. And I think that polyphony that I'm playing with, with my own voice, is really probably just me like, yearning to be in a choir again. And I'm like, well, I, I probably don't have the technical skill anymore to be in a choir, so I will be my own choir. Because that's what moves me the most. Like harmony in voice moves me so deeply and so I think that's kind of why I stick stick with that with synthesizers I think I got really really into them and I think that they're fascinating and, and I love that they're like sort of like vintage synthetic if that makes sense you know it's it's old sounds and it's there's a limitation to it but it's electronic but it's also not like plastic or as as what like the hyper producers are doing that's why I like the synths that I that I play with I think that's why I'm drawn to them. So I also wanted to
1: ask you about the Pussy is a Gun single. Oh, yeah. You wrote in depth on your Instagram about your battle with a uterine fibroid and the hell that is navigating the American medical system is a person with a uterus. Can you tell me a little bit more about what it was like writing the song and then performing it live and choosing for sales from it to benefit the fun Texas choice
0: nonprofit? I got diagnosed with, you know, they found the fibroid and then... I had to go to New York because I was playing a show in New York. I was in a hotel with my partner, and he was taking a shower, and the refrain, My pussy is a prison, my pussy is a gun. So I take the safety off and I murder all your sons. Just <laughs> mm-hmm. just just came to me. And I just wrote it down immediately. And I the entire first half of the song just kind of like came out. And then I went to stay with my friend. I was sleeping on her floor and I just produced it on the floor and I recorded it. I recorded the vocals from my iPhone and you know, just like treated them to sound like they were coming through a megaphone. I wanted it to feel like a protest chant because I was just livid. <laughs> I was so livid and then, and just furious at, at everyone. You know my doctor, my the first doctor, she was just like, oh, you don't need surgery, and I'm like, I have a grapefruit pressing on my bladder. I pee fifteen, sixteen times a day, if not more. I can't. I'm not sleeping because I have to pee so much. <laughs> and and so her being like, you should just wait because you don't want children. And I was like, well, that shouldn't affect f- anything. And then I played it at the New York show, so I played it. I think a day or two after I wrote it, it was a very small show. I just was screaming at everyone and I was furious and it felt awesome. Um, <laughs> and I started reading more about fibroids in general, because I was like, why have I never heard of these before? And it's like, Oh, cause there's been no research. There's no science. There's nothing. And fibroids you know primarily affect women of color so it's like oh okay let's just not research that at all I guess apparently but it's like one in four one in four people who have a uterus have fibroids that is astounding and they're debilitating and then Roe got overturned so I, I just thought that I could do all that I could do and I felt like I was going to get this surgery and I was really freaked out about it. And so I knew that having a release, putting the song out on the day of the surgery and then doing something good and paying it forward to fund Texas Choice would just, you know, make me feel this is so dark. But this was my first big surgery and I was really scared that I was going to die. And so I was like, well, if I go out, I went out with a bang and people know how to get the money to... Texas Choice, and like I went out with guns blazing, and like people know that I was not okay with it. Maybe in a few years I'll see you
1: hanging outside with your friends. My name is Jesse D. I'm with Chirp Radio. You're listening to the Chirp Radio artist interview series. Thank you so much, Meredith. Thank you to see me.
0: This has been an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org/podcasts.